Welcome to a football show here live from the pharmacy in East Nashville on what is a gorgeous February Monday afternoon. You can see all these wonderful people behind us having wonderful and amazing burgers and brats and beers. Maybe going back to work, who knows? But there's beers flowing here at the pharmacy. He is Zach Lyons, back fresh and healthy, maybe. Healthy-ish? I'm I'm healthy-ish. My body's adjusting to the not swamp life, I guess it is, down in Mobile. Uh, It's very wet damp and cold i mean just like humid everywhere it was the and it you can't escape it it's in, it was inside our uh the mardi gras manor is outside it was in the bars like it was just it's a horrible <laughs> experience um i'm sure that comes along with lots of libations delicious oysters and lots of other gulf fare i imagine so uh hope you guys had a great opportunity out there to check out both you Shout out to Stoney Keeley of the Sobros Network for all the coverage you guys gave us last week. Live from Mobile, of course, down there at the Senior Bowl during the three days of practice and, of course, during the game. Uh, stacking the inbox, of course, right there. Look at that fancy swag already. Yeah, yeah, I guess Stacking the inbox.substack.com for all the great reporting from Zach there. And then, again, make sure, shout out to Stoney uh, at Sobros Network, of course, at Stoney Keeley for all the great work he did with you down there. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys just got done with the stadium you went. You got done with practice. You compared your notes quietly in the in the uh, the manner, the Mardi Gras manner, and I'm sure you just went right to bed every night. Uh, well, if you <laughs> if you're alluding that we partied every night, then you would be mistaken. We only partied one night, and that was the off day of Friday that Good. goes into the game. Good. That was a horrible mistake. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Stony is is possibly still uh, got his uh, ankle raised. He stepped off the curb wrong. Oh. Uh, it was not great for I- him. Uh, we I threw up that night after ma- after making fun of Stony all night for drinking the dishwater beer that he was drinking. <laughs> that you'd not you would never find that beer never here at the, that beer at the here. pharmacy. By the way, it's the Hoppe Brow handcrafted. But for the most part, we would go to this bar called uh, this bar right across the, the raw bar. Get some seafood, get some food, Hell yeah. get a few beers, and we'd go back. And he Stony is like a machine. He would be sitting there at the bar. He's going through his notes, and I'm not even allowed to talk to him. It felt like he's going through all of his notes, and then you know it's we like go Darnell home. Right, night, short space agility. Yeah. Damn. Okay. All right. I mean, like he is. He by the time we woke up on Thursday or Friday, Saturday morning to go to the game, where I'm completely hungover, he already wrote an article. And then we get back <laughs> yesterday. I drop him off, and not like an hour later, he has his big board up. Man is a machine. And let me say something. Out of all the local media members, you're not going to find more thorough coverage than what you're going to find between me and Stoney and all of our stuff. Because guess what? Unlike them, we actually watched the practices in full. I know that's crazy. And we actually stayed for the game when they all left on Thursday night or Friday morning. What's well, that? It sounds like um, it doesn't sound like staying was all that great of a decision. Oh, I know. the game was great. <laughs> the game was great. Got, got lots of information. We we're up yep. in the press box, you know, chugging Dr. Pepper tins or whatever we were drinking up there. You guys are nuts. Uh, but at least you check out all of the, just please, everybody, check out all the coverage so that all of that didn't go for naught. No, it was great stuff. Uh, of course, again, stacking the inbox, the sub stack. You've got Sony Keeley. He's got he's got his Titans pod, the unofficial Titans podcast. You got the Sobros Network. You got the football and other f words. And again, thank, thanks to Stony for stepping in for me last week and doing this show. So two great episodes of a football show from last week. If you want all the re- coverage from the individual players today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about like some of the rumors with the Titans going up to number one to get the Bears pick. What that would mean to the retool and to the strategy in the offseason, but also what you learned at Senior Bowl practice. We're starting to get a better feel for how big boards are going to look. 
and what parts of the draft classes are strength are stronger or weaker and how that aligns with the Titans needs. And so we get to begin to we begin the draft process after the senior bowl, because, again, I believe uh, all the swag says, says it. The draft starts in Mobile. The draft starts in Mobile. We don't know why Mobile, <laughs> but we know it starts in Mobile. Uh, I have a. I actually have an idea, but I'll, I'm going to need to confirm that before I before I go on air with that. We thought about that being a question for Jim Nagy. Is like, hey, <laughs> why is it Mobile? Uh, uh, there, I have again. I'll find the answer okay. for you. We I will ask, it. and I will get. I will be back to all of you for this. So, if you want to get in the comments, uh, of course, jump in there. We already have Donnie and Stoney in there. Um, making some <laughs> just ruffling feathers. Uh, all right, so pharmacy here. Uh, I want to tell you guys about the Porky Pine Burger here, the Brat Patty Country Ham Grilled Pineapple Swiss Arugula Onion and Maple Mustard. That is their new burger, of course. Okay, I think you went the through porcupine. that a little too quick. Do I need to go? Because I think slower? we need to emphasize what all deliciousness is on this okay. burger. That was that was that was like a Tajay. Oh, I almost said sharp. Yeah, uh, Tajay Spears. Ta that was like a Tajay Spears in and out route right there. Yeah. Porcupine burger, which is a brat patty. Okay. A brat patty. Emphasize the brat there. Country ham. Best country ham. Right around here. Grilled pineapple. Mm -hmm. Swiss cheese. Mm. Arugula. Mm. Onion. Mm. Maple mustard. Mm. Getting a little uncomfortable sitting this close to you. Mm. And why don't you pair it with one of these nice Hopper Brow beers? This one, uh, I don't think you can get this anywhere else in Nashville. You can get this right here at the pharmacy. Of course, this delicious golden color here. A little, uh, that's the uh, Weissbier. What do you got over there? I got the Freitgeist Autumn Alt Beer. All right. Audubon. Audubon Alt Beer. There you go. Audubon. There you go. Come on out to the pharmacy. Of course, it's a gorgeous day. Perfect day to come out with the kids, with the wife, with the family, with the buddies after work, for lunch, grab a beer, grab a porcupine brat patty. It's just that it, sounds. Amazing. I will say I miss the beer selection so much while I was down in Mobile. That I mean, pharmacy by far is the best beer selection anyway. Some of the best, but it's like it's bad. It's bad. I, I, that there. I that I that I believe. Uh, that I believe. Uh, okay, so you guys know we're gonna. By the way, also, so it's a lot of Titans. How it how it's intermingled with draft needs as we're learning about the draft class. What you learned at Senior Bowl. Potentially, we're gonna get into what a trade up to number one would look like as those rumors are now. Kind of coming out of Chicago. Of course, it's must-lie season with the NFL draft right around the corner and the combine right around the corner. So how much can you trust? How much can you believe is always a great question to ask for all of this stuff. Also, uh, it'll lead us into because Hendon Hooker was down there, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions yeah. around what Hendon Hooker... Perpetuated by the local media. I'm, I'm big beef with local media after this weekend. Big beef. Not, not hey, A.J. Green uh, retired. A.J. Green finally has retired. Oh, thank God. That was going to be a long offseason for Titan, <laughs> for us covering the Titans if he didn't retire. He and Julio Jones, I think, were the number one and number two receivers coming out of high school just yeah. in the same class, and it's like the best receiving top two we've ever seen in a recruiting class ever. It turned out they both were pretty good, and yeah. the five-star status was deserved there. Um, we got beef with local media, not a pork you pine brat patty yeah a beef with local media uh, but it also leads us into a question about the quarterback play in the sec so not a lot of college football today on the show but there's a little sec football at the quarterback position for you guys later a little bit later on and of course the kingston group don't forget our great and amazing sponsor the kingston group buildkg.com don't make any decisions about your house until you talk to the kingston group they will formulate a plan nose to tail in-house design team you don't have to trust general contractors just talk to the Kingston Group, give them a call, have a conversation before you do anything big with your house. Because even if you don't use them, 
they will help you make the best possible decision. That's what we're all about here. Helping each other. I like, I like, to, I like to be informed no matter what the decision is. Yes. Give me some information. Exactly. All right. So w- let's start with this number one pick rumor, which okay. does come out of uh, like it's a it's a blog from another blog attached to another well, blog. No, no. I think people blog, are a little confused but... to how it went okay. because what happened is, is that the Bears blog, 42K followers, by the way, I've seen a lot of people like dispute them and be like a little jealous. I think there's like follower envy, by the way. Well, I'm curious. This is a different subject, but I don't think I can tell number... you some more about their sourcing and stuff. That's 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 what I want to hear yeah. about, because the number of followers you have doesn't make your sources any less. Or... Well, I think I think if they were if they were shitty at sourcing information, would you follow uh, a place that's well, shittiest, shittiest sourcing I information? Just, I don't think following someone has anything to do. Do with... you have 42,000 followers? No, but I don't would think... you say that you have journalism integrity? I, journalistic interrogation right that but right that's what that's that's my point <laughs> no i think it's a bad no... i think it's i think when people discredit other accounts like this because it's called like the bears blog or something i think there is follower envy no what i'm saying is that getting followers is a certain skill yeah on social media on instagram on facebook on twitter it but a if, you, if you if you are if you constantly news. discredit yourself well that's you true. would lose followers you wouldn't grow in what followers. if your shit was really funny though then you're just going to keep getting followers. Yeah, but that, that's difference between that. <laughs> In any way, he does have sources, and his sources are typically the uh, so-and-so interviewed for so such and such position on this day. It has been confirmed, so it's someone obviously inside the building, right? So those, he does have sources. I think the confusion lies with this Ben Devine guy who is at Chicago NFL with only 2,000 followers, and he makes his own tweet, even though it, referencing this tweet, and people are now taken that as like oh well this guy's probably not credit credit you know worthy so that means the bears blog is not credit worthy which i i think is i don't i would say that i don't know i your follower account has nothing to do with whether or not your sources are good or not that's what i would say and i don't care which one of them says it it, what we need to do, I think, is start the conversation with a giant, massive grain of salt, <laughs> oh, <and laughs> which is it may be very true. It, the Titans may absolutely have an offer on the table. And I would argue Rand Carthon and the Titans front office is not doing their job if they're not kicking the tires on the number one overall pick. But this is must lie season. This is where everyone is lying about everything all the time. I, well, and, and let's let's be honest here. The guy in that his source could be lying uh, as well. Now, listen, it, all it is is that they there's two teams not the Texans, not the Colts, that um, have offers on the table. And someone said Vegas and Panthers, and he said, why not, quote tweeted, why not the team at 11 in Tennessee? So that is that is the connection. So, like, he is saying essentially in a roundabout way that Tennessee has got an offer on the table. Why aren't you considering that guy? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Well, I think he came back and actually said it more directly later. But, again... The Ben Divine guy yes, did. Yes. So let, don't, let's, Ben Divine does not matter in this conversation. Right, right. Let, let, let's just let, it's all about the Bears blog. The Bears. Let's get to <laughs> I love that. Um let's get to because you and I have talked about this, and mm. you've been pretty clear on I if I if you think you have your guy, spend whatever it takes to go up and get them. If that's Bryce Young, do it. I you and I probably agree that it's Bryce Young. I would I would vote for Bryce Young personally. Uh see if it's CJ Stroud, go up and do it. I think we both agree on those two. The question yeah, is: as long as now, never love us. Hashtag never love us. <laughs> Hashtag never love us. So 
the interesting thing about this, and there's some historical context that we need to, to have here, and that is that only three times since 1997 has the number one pick ever been traded. So it doesn't happen very often. It's pretty rare. Because usually the, the, the team that is in the number one spot is in a yes. is that the number one spot because they don't have a quarterback. And I, I think we could argue this one still might need a quarterback, but they don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, Supposedly everybody's sold on him inside the building, which is a good sign for him, maybe a bad sign for the coaching staff. <laughs> That's all true. Um <laughs> I, so the, the one of those three, of course, was the Tennessee Titans back in 2016, where they trade back and then they trade back up again to the top 10. They end up with Jack Conklin and Derrick Henry out of the deal. A couple of other picks that you don't care about, but they got a, They got a pretty good deal out of that particular trade. And they got uh, they, they got a first round pick, which was the 15th overall pick. So they went from one to 15. They got two twos, a three, another first rounder the next year and a third and a third. This can get pretty complicated to listen to, but basically two firsts, two seconds two-thirds that's the easiest way to put it and then they gave up a first a fourth and a sixth so the question is how much would it cost and how much damage does it do to the the retooling process and again we'll get to nate davis and ben jones and a few other pieces of news this week but how what does that trade how much does it cost and what does it do to the retooling well you know it's it's good to have that kind of information but you have to look at it in terms of okay it's 2022 well, 2023. So where? So what? What is that value now? In, inflation, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, essentially, what you're going to find happen is more than likely the Colts, the Panthers, maybe the Seahawks and the Raiders, depending on how free agency goes, are all vying for this number one spot. I think it's very early, right? So it's very early. They probably have like a low ball kind of like, hey. This is like a little offer out there to let you know that we're interested. Hit us back or whatever. Try, try Keep us in mind. Trial balloon. Like, Keep, hey, yeah. Let's see. Keep us in mind. We hopefully they didn't shoot down the balloon, but we are. <laughs> the balloon has been shot yeah. down. I can confirm yeah. that TikTok no longer has a balloon. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, we're when you talk about this, I think that it's going to take multiple firsts, and I don't think you're going to be able to saddle them up with a bunch of second and third round picks like they they were given back then. In my mind. I think a reasonable deal after talking it out with Stoney on our way back would be three first round picks this year, next year, the year again. Reasonable for the Bears or reasonable for you for the Titans? I fans? think it's a re. I think it's a fair deal for both sides. Okay. Okay. So you're getting three first round picks, and um, you're giving them a second round pick next year. Who? Okay. Wow. And you're getting their number one overall, and you're getting their fourth overall pick or fourth round pick from this year's draft. So you're getting a first and a fourth back. Okay. Okay. So as of right now, according to this draft class, if you make the trade, which would be three first, you're also giving up the 41st overall pick in this draft. No. That's next year's next draft. Year's okay. Draft. So, you, so in this draft, you would have the number one overall pick if you're the Titans. And then the rest of the picks like normal. And adding a fourth rounder. And, yeah. Saying. So you're re replacing the, that's the Julio Jones yeah. trade. So you replace the fourth rounder. So then you would still have in theory, your number one overall guy, and then still a chance to go second, third, fourth round to stock up around him, knowing that you're not going to get an elite pick for four years. Yeah. Well, three, three, three drafts, but yeah, well, I guess you're, well, you're price, getting one. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So two really one, one in three years. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and let's be honest and you got to remember the other side of this. And this is what people in their little mock drafts. And I wrote about this today for stacking inbox.substack.com. The do's and don'ts of a Titans mock draft. If you're going to you, cause you can trade in a PFF, you could trade players four picks. Okay. So PFFs mock draft machine. If you're trading up for Bryce Young, Ryan Tannehill has to be traded. In which case you get 
more picks <laughs> in this year's draft, well, more the, than likely. Okay, well then, so this is where this whole thing is so fascinating for me as a fan of, if you're a fan of the Titans and you have this giant puzzle with all this red string attached to Tannehill, to Bryce Young, to, to Malik Willis. Or CJ Strap. but it should right, be right. Bryce Young. Let's, we'll just use Bryce Young as the stand-in cutout for the number one overall pick, whoever it may be. Um, and, and but like... <laughs> You've got Malik Willis, who's a non-factor in all of this, but he's on the roster. It was a third-round pick last year. You don't have a coordinator yet. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know who that's going to be. Uh, I think we have a which, good clue. Which I feel like, because it's taking this long and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, we have a pretty good idea of who it's going to be. And who, who do you think? Wouldn't you think that they would salivate, both these offensive coordinators, no matter which one it is, would salivate over a 200-plus-pound Bryce Young that's coming to the Combine. Yes, the way I looked at the the raw bar you and Stoney were yeah. at this week, week, I was salivating over the oysters. I, I It just is so fascinating with the number of machinations that could take place and the way one move affects the next move, the way it affects the next move. And if it's like, there's part of me that says, if you've got Bryce Young, I don't think he's ready with this team. Now, if you keep your second and third round picks and all of a sudden you can get, let's say, a guard and a center out of the deal. And all of a sudden, you can upgrade your guard and your center position. Assume we'll get to Nate Davis and Ben Jones in a second, but let's say two guards, even whatever. You, you've all of a sudden you've got to replace three offensive linemen. Now you've only got to replace one offensive lineman. Is that enough for Bryce Young and the current supporting cast? Like, what does that make? Yeah, it's all it's all constructed to where you could be successful in twenty twenty three because you got listen. And and here's the thing: you Without have Tannehill. to trade. You have to trade Tannehill at the same time that you're making this trade because if you trade for Bryce Young first. Or you have to have an agreement principle. If you trade for Bryce Young first, your value for Ryan Tannehill is obviously going to hit an, a lower threshold than what it is right now. And remind everybody about the June 1st thing. Uh, oh, you you save more Tannehill? money after June 1st if you trade him. But, I mean, at that point, you, it, it's, you're it's you not going to be able to wait to trade yeah. Ryan Tannehill in June. So it's going to happen. You, then you're talking about like a draft pick that doesn't fucking matter at yeah, all. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember what they traded away for Carson Wentz. So Ryan Tannehill is a million times better than Carson Wentz. It's not even freaking close. So there's going to be suitors out there. His contract's manageable to kick it down the road and all that stuff. I say all this to say is that there's still free agency. And amidst oh, yeah. all yeah, yeah, yeah. of this, there is still free agency. And that's where you're going to be able to do some interior line, no matter what it is, damage. So the guard class specifically in free agency and in the draft, is about the deepest you could ever be. So that's probably why they're kind of looking at everything. They're like, I know we're not getting into it real quick, but Nate Davis is is, is probably gone because it is such a deep class. And, and let's be honest, if they do switch to a more Kansas City-style run team, you might as well just blow up as much as you can at once. Um, well, and it's not like the offensive line was like, that great. Right, it already needed to be blown up anyway. Yeah, would, it, it's getting blown up regardless. Yeah. Of a right tackle, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but and in the end of the day, can you take the two or three draft picks that you get back for Ryan Tanhill in this year's draft, pair that up with not giving up a second and a third because you gave up three firsts? That's a lot of draft picks that you can either maneuver around to maybe trade for future draft picks because i mean yeah. you can always maybe trade of some currently in this one for ones next year yep. um you're also talking about the cap going up to probably 250 something million dollars and you're already going to have already 90 million dollars to play with in 2024 so now A you're going to be money. going up more it's just to me right now is the per this is the perfect time if the team decides hey 
I love Bryce Young. I love C.J. Stroud. And we're going to go up and get him at number one because we know that the next few years, that if we don't, the Texans may, the Colts may, and then now we're having to go up against a really young core group of quarterbacks, and we're kind of still yeah. up Shit's Creek out of pile because we're we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. I, I do think the more you study, and I don't know what the exact we're we're, we're sort of hypothetically throwing out costs here, right, for right. both Ryan Tannehill and for the number one pick, hypothetically. But I think three first is a pretty big offer, like in general. I think that's a pretty big offer. So, and I think that's what's going to have to take. Yeah, because other teams are going to want it. Right. And you got to remember, the Texans have two first this year. Two first next year, but they're at number two. Do they really need to yeah. trade up? Well, ideally, they trade up to one, take their guy. Your guy is still there at two. You trade with the Texans or you trade, trade with, the, with Bears. the Bears. The, sorry, the Bears, and and you you pay a little bit less. I think here's what what I've why I've come around on this as a as a strategy. I don't Ryan Tannehill is a diminishing asset, mm -hmm. so you're never going to get more for him than you can right now. Right, you're probably not going to be much closer than eleven to the top pick. I, I they're going to be right. in the twenties from here on out. I well, think. let's say they let's say they even finish just eight and nine or seven and ten again. They they are, they're going to be right in the same 12, 11, 12, 13. Like I don't see this team being bad enough to ever be like fourth. Right, right. So you could argue they're closer to the number one slot than they've ever been or will be. They've got a depreciating asset in Tannehill who's worth as much as he's ever going to be worth right now today than he ever will be at any point in the future. Yeah, because no Tom Brady, you, you're, you're is off the market. Yep, your trade your. You're reinventing the offense with a brand new coordinator, and you're tying it in with a potential generational talent at quarterback that you think is the guy. Like to me, when you put all of the strategies together, and you can, and you've got a deep offensive line group of players that you can draft in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds this year in free agency this year. When you put that whole thing together, it's a pretty good case for going up and getting the guy that you want. I, I'm, I wonder what you think Twitter would do. If they, if they see three first-round draft picks and they take an Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> oh, well, that was, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> but, you know, I got to have faith in Rand Carthon and Mike Rabel that they know what they're doing because that is the other rumor that came out was Justin Cohen of the Sacramento Globe, which I definitely take. This one with the most grain of salt, you could might as well give me a five-pound bag of salt. But he tweets out that C.J. Stroud is the quarterback that they're in love with, essentially, is what he said. And this is Justin Cohen from the Sacramento Globe, who supposedly writes for the AP, though when I Google Justin Cohen's Associated Press, not one of his fucking articles shows He's up. He's saying what? Who is the... C.J. Stroud. Is it, who's in love? Uh, the Titans. Titans. Oh, God. So if that is the case, then that's kind of a... I mean, but, but we again, all know where Mike Vrabel went to college. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the easy connection. I, I do think, though, that as long... I'm willing to give it a shot. I think the internet... I think for the most part... I. I think he'd be surprised from what I gauge on Titans Twitter. They're already decided that Bryce Young is going to be the size that he is. He'll never be bigger. He'll, he won't be good. He'll be injured in the first, first uh, week. This fan base is, I think, largely behind CJ Stroud. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would take either of them. Yeah. If I was, a well, I mean, if Titans, they're trading so. up for someone, you, you, they've done their due diligence. Right. They love this guy. They're not trading up for a guy to say, oh, well, no, we committed. just have to have a quarterback just to have a young quarterback. No, if they go up to get a, like Anthony Richardson is clearly a development pick that may be available at 11. And Will Levis, I know how much you think of him. I think he's better than what Tennessee, not Titans fans, but like Tennessee football fans, Vols think. But I don't think he's better than Stroud or, or, or Young. And I don't, I think he's a far bigger risk. Than Stroud or Young. So again, all of this is dependent on a bunch of things, right? Yeah. Do you believe that one of these two guys is your guy? 
They may not. And if they don't, they don't make the trade. Can you get come to an agreement with the Chicago Bears? You may not be able to. Somebody must, else may outbid you. You may not be able to get Ryan Tannehill off the books in a in the right timely manner. So uh, all these things could work out. It makes it, it makes it the right strategy to to like explore. I think yeah. if you're Rand Carthon, and I think that is the, the key is do your diligence. Make sure you cross every T, dot every I, cliche, cliche, cliche. Collaborate with everybody you need to collaborate with, and if you can execute it, I see the strategy behind it. I like it. To me, if it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Yeah, and I look at it this way. A lot of people are talking about the future picks and the value of a first round pick. And at the end of the day, I feel like I'm looking at the data and I'm looking at the cycle that is the NFL, the cyclical nature of the sport itself, the cyclical nature of the NFL draft. I don't think these first round picks, because of projecting out, right? Projecting out the quality of the player that's going to be there in the 20s. Uh, compared to the quality of player that you're getting in Bryce Young, I don't think those matter in value for a team like the Tennessee Titans as much as it would for the Bears, who are obviously in a rebuilding phase. Just a the much Titans, worse overall roster. Yeah, the Titans okay. are not in a rebuilding phase. And I look at it this way, it's be- if you have done your due diligence and you believe that much in Bryce Young, that's you don't matters. know what's going to be. That's all that matters yeah. to me. You don't know who's going to get injured next year. Yeah. You don't know who is going to be up at the top of the draft. You cannot project. You have to take what you have in front of you. It's yeah. like the the could be the mystery box. You know, are you going to take the boat or are you going to take the mystery box? Well, the mystery box could be a boat, but it also could not be a boat. <laughs> um, a good question here from Sean in a second. I, I think this all of this ties into do, if you if you one like you have to be certain that this is your guy, and mm-hmm. if he is then I think all of this makes sense. And I, I will say this. If Bryce Young shows up at the combine, because I don't think a deal gets done until after the combine, okay, and no matter what's going on. If Bryce Young comes in at like 205 to 210, uh, people are going to be falling over themselves well, I've, to I've, get to get up there because he's wanting to be 215. I've, I've been this close to him before yeah. um, for more than 10 minutes, and he is at least 30 pounds lighter than me that's a bad sign for me <laughs> um he is not a large person he's very he's got he's just thin he's not bulky like jalen hurts for example but that's why he's hiring a nutritionist to get right. up there and Jay- i mean Let's- obviously this nutritionist has said okay here's our range that we right. can get you to like does he need to squat 600 pounds like jalen hurts probably not that's not yeah. what he needs to do but there's also guys that just aren't bulky that aren't big and he is not a he's not a thick dude the way jalen hurts was thick like as a freshman at yeah. Alabama. So that's ne- I don't think that's ever that's going to always be a problem for him is playing weight. Now, I my my I think once he gets there, he he he'll be there. The now, ma- that's the if bigger issue is this right here. He is shorter than me. I am 6 foot 1, but like really I'm like 6 foot and like The, the biggest issue is his frame. That's the biggest You're issue, saying not his height. The general's the general size. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's his frame. It's his it's the weight because he's a small guy too. If you're talking short. about being injured, then it's going to be comes down to the weight. The height has nothing See, to do I with dis- your injuries. I, I disagree with that. I think it has everything to do with. I think injuries are more about like the like the way your body is actually constructed. Like each each human being is different. Like one person may have better knees than another person. I think we know very little about the human body in that sense, which is why I think blaming a strength and conditioning coach for injuries in football is is odd to me because I think the human body is very very unique. For everybody. Well, the, but, then, then, but avoiding the they go goes, to school to learn about stuff that we do not know no, about. True, but we still know very little. I, my issue with is how to. I, this is a, a. I learned this from a coach a long time ago. Certain guys know how to fall, and certain guy Robert Griffin does not know how to fall. 
But Bryce Young does. Bryce Young does. And so it's not about like 215 or 205. I'm not even sure it's about six foot versus five, ten and a half. It's more about do you know how to protect yourself? Do you know how to fall? And like we saw, we've seen Mahomes do this where he avoids it, he avoids it, he avoids it, he avoids it. And then when he needs to do something, he has to do something crazy and he takes the big hit. And, it, and he does. He saves it for the right time to take the big hit. That makes yeah. That makes sense. Emmett Smith knew how to fall. Like there's certain guys that just don't, <laughs> and they just can't get out of the way. Cam Newton, no idea how to fall. But I think in general, so. what I'm saying is that his height is not an issue when it comes to injuries. No, I no, think no, his that's, weight that's is true. the bigger issue when it comes to injuries. Now you say that it heights an issue is one of those biggest issues. Why is that? Well, I think first of all, short quarterbacks are just rarely successful. So just statistically, you have to be special to be that good at that which size. He which, is, which he is obviously. I I agree with that. So that's where like I've like all I can say to Titans fans and to anybody watching is like, here's what Bryce Young was standing next to me. Yeah, do with that information what you will. He's on the short side. He's on the thin side. So that means either it, I think. It's not just one or the other. It's the whole thing. It's yeah. this is how this is his size. And the only ones who have been good at that size and Russell Wilson is thicker yeah. than Bryce Young. Drew Brees was thicker than Bri than Bryce Young. So it's all about just are you that's why I'm saying he's got to get thicker. Are you comfortable with the sh uh, being a couple inches shorter than your average starting quarterback? That's all almost all of them are 6'2 or higher. Even Rodgers and these guys 6'2 or higher. And also being a little thin, like, can you hit? Are you okay with that? And if they're okay with that, you go get him. Because I think he's, I think he's elite. That's why so. I prefaced it with, if he gets to two oh five by the combine and shows that he can add weight, and he says the plan is I'm still going to add ten more pounds by the time summer rolls around, and if that's the case, you're going to have teams falling all over themselves for well, this that's guy. Probably. I mean, I. I think they're going to follow over him no matter what because I think he's that good. I I, so. I think, but I, I, I mean, you know how this team, the the NFL is about traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hand size, and yeah. all that garbage. Uh, Sean says, uh, by the way, here at pharmacy, wonderful, beautiful, awesome February Monday. So come out here and get yourself a hop brower, and we've got the porcupine brat patty burger with country ham, grilled pineapple, Swiss arugula, onion, maple mustard. The porcupine burger that's a brat patty with with country ham. So come on out uh, to the pharmacy, of course, in East Nashville. They also have a location downtown uh, as well, but you're never going to find a place where you're going to get locally sourced beers. You can't get anywhere else from all over the state. You're going to get this one's from Europe that you can't get anywhere else in the city of Nashville. So come on out. And where are you going to get a garden like this on a, on a weekday, on a gorgeous day when all of a sudden the sun pops out and it's not 14 fucking degrees. Come out here. And, yeah. Come out here and have a beautiful day and a beautiful meal. Also the Kingston group, of course, buildkg.com is the website. Make sure you check them out anytime you make any decisions about your house. Just remember the name. We're not asking you to call them right this second. Just look at them. I'll way. ask you. Just look Go at them. Go ahead and call them right now. I think the most important, remember the name, the Kingston group. That's all you need to do. Remember the name, the Kingston group. Sean says, what if Arizona trades the third, third overall pick before Chicago? Does that make it a trade with Chicago more difficult? I guess the question there is if, if they're moving up for a quarterback. No, I think what he's saying is that if, if Arizona trades back, before you, anybody trades up with Chicago, then yes, whatever that is the baseline for what Chicago is asking for, right? Like whatever whatever Arizona gets in a trade back scenario where they trade away their third round pick to move back, at like ten percent to that is like that's what that probably Chicago oh, would be asking. So you're talking about just the cost of the pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying if that team is moving up to clearly draft a quarterback, 
that may then drive up the cost. Well, yeah, I mean more. that too, but I mean that both then, things are going to drive drive up the cost. That, exactly. So I mean that both both those things are going to drive up the cost because now the Chicago's like, okay, well the third round pick or the third overall pick went for this. I need this. That makes sense. Uh, also, D. Good says I want the Colts to take Levis so badly. I think you and every single Titans fan I have ever met in the history of my life would. I would rather them take him in the in the second round, just because I want to be right about Levis not going in the first round. From what I've heard from NFL execs, I just want to be right. <laughs> I want to be right in both scenarios. Freaking Mel Kiper's gonna. <laughs> Mel Kiper's either gonna be a genius or he's gonna look like the biggest idiot. Uh, love you, Mel. Um, okay, so what coming out of this is all kind of tied together, right? The Titans draft strategy are we going the o-line guys and and then nate so it all kind of yeah the whole puzzle fits together in some random way on any given conversation but nate davis jim wyatt just like a little one line in the bottom of an answer to in a mailbag basically says i don't expect nate davis to come back um which is pretty that's pretty big for for those that read uh jim wyatt's mailbag that's a pretty definitive statement he's not really allowed and i've talked to him about he's not really allowed to he knows where the line is, yeah, and he knows what lines he can and can't cross. And for him to say that, to your point, I think means that's a that's a de- as definitive of a statement yeah. for Jim White as it gets exactly. And with Ben Jones, basically kind of out there talking about how much he still wants to play the game. Yeah. He, I'm 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 going to rest. I'm going to relax. I'm going to recuperate. I'm going to spend time with my family, and then I'm ready to come. I'm still mentally ready to play. I think one more year, right on the contract. Yeah. So he's still technically. And you don't really point. gain much if he retires either way no. in, in draft. What is it, three and a half million? Or I think it's four million, and yeah. then you split up his dead cap over two years if he retired post June 1st. To me, it, this is great news that Ben Jones coming back because I think he's by far still the best offensive lineman that the Titans have had in a long time and have currently under contract right now. When you package it with Nate Davis not coming back, let's assume that I'd rather have that. Ben Jones back than Nate Davis. Well, and it, what it means is if Ben Jones is back, you have at least two of your five situations mm-hmm. settled, and, uh, and Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle, Jones at center. You don't have to fill four s- slots on your offensive line instead of just the two. Now, package this with, I think, what is the biggest story coming out of Mobile last week, which is that the depth of the, I don't know what if you agree or disagree with this, the depth along the offensive line at the Senior Bowl, which is not every player, obviously, but at the Senior Bowl, means that you can acquire some really talented pieces that could be starter-quality interior offensive linemen. That looked like the best group on paper, looked like the best group at practice, looked like the best group when I was reading Substacks by Zach and listening to podcasts by you and Stoney. The offensive line feels like it was the biggest winner, but none of those guys are top 15 picks in the draft. They're all middle-round guys. So what's the strategy here for the offensive line? Well, I, I think that if Ben Jones comes back, that's a, that's a big boon for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think that's that's fantastic. Like that is to me is best case scenario has me dancing in the street because then what if you do reach a deal with Nate Davis, and now you've only got two offensive line spots? Yeah. So you know what if. You know what so if, you're saying, Jim Wyatt is just no. I'm just saying what if Nate Davis. <laughs> what if? They, I mean, that is always a distinct possibility that he goes the route of Jayon Brown. And he's like, oh, my market's not as good for a guy who can't stay healthy. Uh, that may have um, behind the scene body didn't work all that. Yeah, well, behind though. the scene, uh, maybe issues with uh, putting in the work. You know, those eight to four guys, um, stuff like that. Zach literally never forgets a single thing you've ever said, Mike Grable. Ever. Nope. And Never. so I, I tie all this in together to say that it's the perfect opportunity right now this year. You know, it was kind of funny. So, like, at the beginning of the offseason or when we're approaching closer to the closer to the offseason, this is a 
Oh, this wide receiver group is not gonna be any good. Oh man, they're gonna they're they're not gonna be able to find an offensive tackle. Oh, it's a rebuild. Oh, oh. And I tried telling everybody, I don't think it's a rebuild. I think that it's gonna be an opportunity to be a little bit better. And here we are, and I'm getting proven right. Well, look at because I'm always I'm always right. I don't think there is such a thing maybe as a rebuild of the NFL. Seattle just traded their Hall of Fame quarterback and like was better <laughs> yeah well they hit on the draft they, they class and they hit on the draft class and they got a bunch anyway yeah i think you're right that this team is closer to to, to winning the division than it is to being in a total well, and rebuild. it's because this draft class is starting to look like it lines up with what they need yeah. even if they don't trade up for a quarterback and you're still stuck with ryan Tannehill, paris johnson at 11 broderick jones at 11 uh you take one of those two guys if they're not there you take the best wide receiver and then you go down and let then me you, ask you this yes yeah. because you saw a bunch of linemen there and none of them were 11 good pick 11 right. good they're all kind of maybe osiris um torrance is a first round pick but basically these were this was a lot of great second third fourth round yeah. interior offensive linemen a couple of right tackles darnell Wright was very good but nobody that's the left that's like the left tackle that you saw down there and i'm curious i i i think the only way the titans fix the left tackle position permanently is by drafting one at 11 or thereabouts if they were to trade up or back a couple spots is there is there a can they fix that problem permanently in free agency? Uh, probably not unless Andre Dillard pans out. Like if you sign Andre Dillard, he's really the only left tackle, but I don't think that has to be solved in the first round. I'm just saying if, if you're trying to fix that problem long-term, like Bryce Young would be a quarterback. Yeah. The, the really, the only play I think there is the 11th pick. Like you've got two or three guys that are maybe now, franchise I, left tackles. No, I, I think you could find others okay. uh, in, in the draft. I mean, like, Tyler Steen is a guy that really showed up and popped up. Um, I, but I mean, you don't have to draft him, you know, in the, in you the first a, round. You a, a franchise left tackle? I don't see why he couldn't be. Okay. Uh, I mean, Jalen Duncan is another one. Blake Freeland is one that I would say no to yeah. that had potential to be that guy. Now, listen, if you get a good O line coach that can fix his issues, then yes, he could That's be. True. But I mean, it's really up there. My, my point is this is that. I think that the offensive line class in particular is a lot deeper than what people give it credit for. And I think the sweet spot for wide receiver is going to be your third, fourth, fifth round picks. I agree with that too. I don't think, unless you're getting one of the top guys like Quentin Johnston, there's three, Jackson there's, Smith. There's three in my opinion. I would say maybe I'm, I'm, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. I kind of go back and forth with those two as the, the third wide receiver. Um, but, if you get one of those guys or don't get one of those guys, second round is not the sweet spot for a wide receiver, in my opinion. I think the, your second round pick is your offensive lineman if you were to miss out. Like, if I, if I had to choose between, okay. and, and I love Paris Johnson, but you could also go Cody Mock in the second round and get a guy that is a left guard. He is a left guard. And plug he and could play, be plug and play type. Yeah, of guy. he could yeah. be your center of the future after Ben Jones retires too, because he looked really good at center at the senior role. I, I think the Titans could get a almost a guaranteed starter at the, at either of the, at any of the three interior line positions and maybe the best off the board in the entire draft at 41, which is where their second pick is right now. I, again, whether that's, you know, again, uh, Avila out of TCU, you got Torrance out of Florida, you got, uh, the Schmidt kid, the center out of Minnesota, could be the top center in the entire class. Again, you may not need a center. Yeah, but and, and that's the issue. The, the one thing I hate about this Ben Jones thing is that I love JMS, John Michael Schmidt, so he, much. He had a good week. He's so good, and he's so good on tape. The tape matches the senior bowl, matches the practices. He's a leader. He's a natural-born leader. He's the natural succession 
playing for like. Could he play left guards for uh, for one year and then? I mean, that's just kind of a projection. I mean, could you maybe start Ben Jones at left guard? Okay. Or could you start Ben Jones at right guard and then put JMS? I mean, that's kind of a projection. Could JMS push him to retire and he say, "Man, you guys are in good hands. Maybe I just need to retire after June 1st. How about this? This is one of the things that. And again, now we're like into strategy, and we're like, "Oh, we gotta wait to do strategy," but it's just so much fun to discuss, in my opinion. What if you go Paris Johnson at 11 and an, an interior lineman at, I, at 41, and all of a sudden you have four or five positions already set on the offensive line? You absolutely should do that. I, if I you do not get Bryce Young, you should absolutely go back-to-back offensive line picks in this particular draft because if you were to say that – if you were to tell me, hey, we got Paris Johnson in the first round, Broderick Jones in the first round, I'd be okay with both of those. If we got those guys and then, hey, we got Cody Mock in the second round, oh, baby – we're cooking with gas. I, I dude, I, I, I think it's great. And you again, know what? You shouldn't be dumb because you should go ahead and draft your right guard. <laughs> well, and, and maybe in the, the third round at 72, that's where you get your receiver. Obviously that that's a possibility there. Stoney of course was down there with you. Check out all the great coverage from the Sobros network and from Stoney and you, uh, JMS, who is John Michael Schmidt from the center from Minnesota, of course, did some great work at left guard and surprise, surprise. He looked decent in the drills. Uh, he also is very positive about Steve Avila, who's a guard from TCU, uh, as well, um, and uh, Olusigan Oluwatimi or Oluwatimi. Do, do that again. Olusigan Oluwatimi. Nice. Um, um, he is a really good center that you could probably get in the fourth or fifth round. Joe Tipperman out of Wisconsin could be the best yeah. center, but I again, think I think it's JMS is the best center. I agree with you. Those guys could all be point. Here's the key yeah. with this: is that the Titans could get the best center in the draft and maybe the best guard in the draft at 41 if they want. Yeah, they could get the first or second best tackle in the draft yep. at 11. And you could still come back in the third round and get a really good receiver because I think there's a I think there's unlike last year there are three guys in my opinion that are guaranteed first round picks with Addison Jackson. This Smith, is Dignan, so much like the 2017 draft for wide receiver for me, where you're talking about Mike Williams, Corey Davis, and John Ross as your top oh, three guys, right, that's right. and then everybody else that was drafted after those guys are better. Now I will say if you look at a lot of the the guys that just got paid hundreds of millions of dollars. They were all involved in the offseason last year. Not one of them was a first-round pick. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Not Tyreek Hill because he's an asshole. Uh, but the other guys, all the highest-paid receivers in the world, not one of them was a first-round draft pick. I'm, I, and and obviously, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase are going to change that. But the point is, there is no Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase in this draft, in my opinion. Jackson Smith is probably the – JSN is probably the closest. He's the best, he's the best receiver. He's the best receiver. The now, I do – Maybe we'll save this for but later. But he's injured. <laughs> no, but I, I want to save this for later. But we did talk about, because Max Dugan was so terrible this week. <laughs> How much better would Quentin Johnson have been if he didn't have Max Dugan? As that's, a, that's that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, Johnson, but, Johnson also kind of came out of, like, he he's a late bloomer. Right. As a, as but a I, all this to say is that it's very much like Quentin Johnson is Mike Williams. John Ross is Jordan Addison. JSN is probably closer to Corey Davis than the rest of them. You think about this, and then you think about, hey, that was the draft Cooper Cup was drafted. Oh, Juju Smith-Schuster was a lot better. Um, Third round receiver. (laughs) I am telling you, this is not the draft to want to draft a guy at 11. I think we'll look back and say a lot like Corey Davis at number five. The only person I disagree with that on is Jackson Smith and Jake. And and I'd probably agree with that. If he was fully healthy the entire year, he's like the number four pick. Corey Davis was hurt as well? Yeah, that's also true. Oh, my gosh. Now, I, I really nailed it with this 2017 I, comparison. I, I, Off the no, fly, by the you way. You did. It was very good. Um, I will say that I think Smith and Jigba did not play for this very reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because he was like... Yeah, I think he just purposely I said think that. he was like, look, I'm going to make a lot of money, so I'm yeah. going to take it easy, which I, which 
his teammates don't really care about. So that's fine. right. Um, all right. Some other quick news and notes here around um, the, the Titans and the NFL. Uh, obviously, special thanks to the pharmacy and the Kingston group for supporting us. Make sure you check out the inbox as well. Stacking the inbox.substack.com. You can get all of Zach's content there. Uh, pharmacy course here in East Nashville on a gorgeous day like Just this. By the way, if you've paid for time. stacking the inbox, 17 paid articles are out. Okay. So 17 high quality uh, pretty much, I think every one of them. I only had one that was under uh, two thousand words. Okay, you are your yards per play is yeah. off the chart. So seventeen, right now it would cost you if you had signed up at the beginning of the month, and my one month anniversary is next Monday. If you signed up, it would have cost you only twenty four cents an article right now. Twenty four cents. Get it down to the words for me. I don't know about the words. That's, a, that's like a. I I am I, as a subscriber. That's the best quarter I've ever spent every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it's 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 easy. I mean there it's, it's I mean it's an easy subscription to do when you really think about it. And the fact that some of you guys are have not, what are you waiting for? It's literally four dollars a month, and you can pay monthly. You don't have to pay in one lump sum, and I prefer that. Great one about how the Titans can save a bunch of cap space. You had one recently about the do's and don'ts of mock drafts. So all kinds of great stuff in there. So make sure you check that out. Oh, I got um, some good ones coming this week. So um, just quickly here, if, I guess. So Lo Locus was hired, um, first female uh, assistant coach for the Tennessee Titans. I, I first I guess, position coach ever in the NFL back in 2019. Also an MVP yeah. for the uh, Virginia Vipers. I, I think I just like. I guess the only thing I have to say about this, and we'll have a longer conversation in the offseason about sort of the entire organization being revamped in Amy Adams' shrunk image of what she wants this franchise to be and the relationship with the city and the community. We'll have a lot and, longer and conversation with that. And not to mention, you know, the only the person that had the most exposure to Low Locus is going to be Mike Vrabel, who's purposely, or not purposely, but essentially practiced against him for two weeks. Yeah, that's true. I just... To anyone who says that this is about any other reason but doing what's best for the Tennessee Titans, do you really think that Mike Frabo would do any of that shit? Oh, no. Like, no, just, this is someone that me, can come in and coach. Spare me, spare me the garbage. And she's working with the outside linebackers, right? Go with Ryan Crow. Yes, go spew it somewhere else. Go go talk to somebody else. Go go drag your knuckles and mouth breathe somewhere hey, else. Hey, let me say this. She's played more football than you have. <laughs> Like Mike Vrabel is not going to do something that is how many MVP trophies you got for playing football. He, he doesn't do like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, uh, he, celebratory or what's the word? ceremonial? He doesn't do like ceremony. He doesn't give a fuck about what any of you guys <laughs> think. <laughs> Everything he does is to make his team better. That's yes. it. We'll stop. So that's it. So congratulations to Low Locus and welcome to Nashville. Um, uh, D'Amico Ryan's, I think, is a great hire mm -hmm. by the by the Houston Texans, like one of the first really good things they've done in a while. Great hire on so, paper. I mean, um, we got yeah, to see yeah, it go yeah, out true, because true. how many times have we seen a coordinator and listen, I'm not betting against Amico Ryan's by any means, but we do have to throw a You're little right. bit of right. caution out there that how many defensive coordinators or coordinators in general have gotten all this hullabaloo yep. and come in and been saddled with a shitty general manager and have come in and not been able to live up to their hype. And they've set the franchise back yes. two or three seasons into progress and on timeline because Okay, maybe they keep D'Amico Ryan's next go around, but then they have to find another GM. So now you're almost starting yeah. to ride back over. Uh, Sean Payton, of course, at a really high dollar premium, which I think Sean Payton going to Denver to me is is like a lesson in that you just don't know what makes people like what's important to people. Yeah, like when it comes to a quarterback deciding where he wants to go, or a coach, or a GM, or what, like you just never know because like I think everybody would rip on Russell Wilson for being off, you know, falling off. They've traded all their picks. But like ownership is what was important to Sean Payton more than anything else. And we debated that. I mean, like 
for months. What was important to him? Is it the roster? Is it the quarterback? Is it location? And it turns out ownership is the most important thing, and he likes that ownership group, and he's ready to try to fix Russell Wilson, I guess. So I think it makes good the, luck. It makes the AFC a little bit more difficult because I think he's a good coach. Yeah, uh, it, I, I think it, like both those hirings of Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's, it's almost like, yeah, the AFC is going to be really good in like two or three years. But then again, you're going to have two or three teams that they're re- technically replacing the hierarchy that have fallen off at yeah, that like, point. Like it's, so it's almost like it's almost like it's going to be the same. Yeah, like yeah. everybody always says, oh, remember last year and we fell into this trap or at least I did. Oh, the AFC West is going to be loaded. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if they had three or four yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm I saying? In the, in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out they all they all pretty much were <laughs> besides Kansas City Chiefs well, were. Two of, lukewarm. Them, two of them made the playoffs. The other two were giant dumpster fires. Yeah. Uh, and they're both. And the them, Chargers really lucked in making another playoff. Uh, but like the rate, like for to your point, like in three years are the Ravens terrible because they move yeah. on from Lamar Jackson and they don't like they like they have to turn over the roster. Like there, you don't. The There's the, only going to be so many good teams in one conference, and like if two, it's like if two people move up, two people got to move down. Here's what I do know: Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's what that's what we do now. Um, okay, so anything else? That's just kind of some news around the league that I think just some, some stuff we wanted to observe. Is there anything else from your week in the Senior Bowl that ties into the Titans giant puzzle that they're trying to put together this offseason? Anything else that you, yeah, the I, good I, people need to know? Well, I think one thing you got, I know we made fun of the um, made fun of the John Robinson. Oh, if you're at the Senior Bowl and they're injured or they're, you know, if these prospects are at, they're going to be a Tennessee Titan. Well, there were 12 teams that that drafted four or more players in the Senior Bowl last year, in last year's draft that were at last year's Senior Bowl. Tennessee Titans were not in that top 12. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers were. Mm. And if you subscribe to stackingthenbox.substack.com, guess what I'm going to be diving into this week? What do these picks from the San Francisco 49ers in the rounds that day three that Rand Carthen supposedly has a heavy handed in, what do they look like? What are they there for? So what kind of prospects would fit those down here mm. that were down here? Because let me say Where this. else can you get that kind of content? Nowhere. Nowhere. So there were four draft picks last year. One of them was a starter in Spencer Buford, an offensive lineman. One of them was a starter. Tariq uh, Castro-Fields was a pretty good player. They found a couple good players. Denny Gray, I think, had some injury problems, but he's a really good speeder, speed option. But the point is, just because John Robinson gone, is gone does not mean that they do not value the senior bowl any less. And specifically a head coach and general manager who are still in that dating phase, the courtship phase, this was a good opportunity for them to kind of like mind meld and get on the same page and look at the same players because 40% for the last two drafts, 40% of the draft drafted players came from the senior bowl. That is a, that's a large connect, basically connect, uh, what are you looking for? Pipe? Well, pipeline. is a large pipeline. <laughs> looking for pipe. Yes. Yeah. A large pipeline to the NFLs goes through the senior bowl, and that's why the draft starts in Mobile. It does. And so I comparing it to sort of like the recruiting rankings and the recruiting process where like they get these All-American games together, and what happens is, is you have these five stars that play against like nobodies in high school, and then they get them onto a practice field for a week against like and like competition, and it's the first time they've ever sort of had somebody of equivalent talent to go against. And so what happens is, is you spend – 11 months evaluating these guys and then you've got your list and then you use the practice to tweak it some you're not you're not taking a guy that's 2000th in the in the recruiting rankings and making him a five star but what you're doing is you're saying all right you know John Michael Schwartz looked like he was this good and okay he was really good against really high level competition this week so we're going to just kind of go right here and he's going to go from a 
mid third, early fourth to like a mid second. You're more you're likely to fall it. further than you are to rise yes. higher. Yes. Exactly. Because like Andre Yoshevis this week came in with a lot of hype. Six two is gonna run a four two, look like crap all week. And <laughs> and he's gonna go down. I I I think Luke Musgrave is a guy that everybody's really hyped up on because they have this pre-draft, you know, conceived notion about him off two games in 2022 and totally ignoring his 2021 season and his stats. And your Luke Musgrave hate is, yeah, is misplaced. It is not misplaced because he he's was not, fully, not he's good. Not, he's not fully healthy yet. Well, he was guess what? He was not good this week. He was he looked at like the third best tight end. And I think that's gonna show up. I think he will get drafted in the top 50. But I think that's going to be a mistake for whatever team drafts him. Michael Mayer is the best tight end in the class out of Notre Dame. That's not even close. I think he probably is the third best tight end in the draft class. Well, no, I, he was the third best tight end in the senior bowl. No, he is probably the fifth or sixth best in the tight end class. I also don't understand why the Titans would target a tight end with the 41st pick unless it is a bona fide star that's going to start. I think there's only three know. that really deserve it, but I think what you're going to find though. is Luke Musgrave is going to go higher and then it's going to be he's going to be the least talked about out of the class. I agree with that. I, I will say this, if you're looking for a good quality complementary tight end with Chicago, I think this is a good class mm. to do that rounds 3 4 5 6. I think there's some really good tight ends yeah. in this class. Um hey, all right, so um, Good, good, yeah. Purdue kid was very, very good uh, this week in practice. So and at the game again, this is just like the beginning of our coverage yeah. of the draft. We still have the combine, we still have free agency, we have so much to do. Uh, but make sure you check out the Substack, of course, as well as all the great stack work. in the inbox.substack.com. Stony, thank you so much, man, for hanging out and doing what, what sobrosnetwork.com. Sobrosnetwork, and as, as well as the F words pod as well. You guys did a great job last week. So it leads us right into the one minor, minor complaint here on the show about. Like when what happens at the senior bowl, like Hendon Hooker is was, I mean, again, great player for Tennessee. Um, fans should love him because he's a great kid and he's going to be, he's going to kill every interview yeah, that yes. you ever see him do. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like you were down there. You pay attention closer to how the, the, the Twitter sphere, net, local media ecosystem heartbeat is. Why are people misguided on the Hendon Hooker Tennessee Titans conversation? Well, it's because uh, there's an orange. He has a helmet that has an orange T on it. Uh, it's <laughs> much like why people are drafting Darnell Wright at number eleven when we already have a right tackle uh, that in two tone blue. Unbelievable. And then, and you know what the Steelers have already done? They've already begun their smoke screen again. Remember how they smoke screened everybody after the Senior Bowl about Malik Willis? Willis yeah. They're doing it with Darnell Wright, saying, "I think we may switch him over to left tackle." <laughs> okay, so that's the new that's the new smokescreen this season right, from, like from the Steelers. But I think Darnell Wright's a great player. The Tennessee Titans don't need him. And you know what the local media did? Because listen, I'm not I'm not an idiot. The UT fans make up their fan base. And it drives so all yeah, they yeah. care about is talking about UT players and painting painting UT players in a good light, like Byron Young, even with clips that show him getting thrown stonewalled on his ass by Cameron Latu. All right, okay. Okay. Roll tight. Here's the thing. Every well, I mean, it just wasn't even rolled tight. I don't know. Oh, he's just getting stonewalled. I don't care about the I think Latu, I think Latu's a good player. Yeah. Uh he showed up really well. And I will say this. Um in the end, Hidden Hooker saying that I the first team I talked to was Tennessee Titans. It's huge. It's, it's huge. It's nothing. It's huge. You he's know gonna, why? he's gonna be the starter next year, you Zach. Know, you know, well, if he is, they need to go hang up Malik Wells. Uh, listen, you <laughs> know why? Because he talked to every team down there. Every team talks to every player is literally a speed dating style setup. They sit one guy at a 
one player at a table and they just go around the room and they just keep on going. They interview and talk to everybody for like two or three minutes. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> Every player talks to everyone. It does not matter. It does not matter that Hinton Hooker's first time that he sat down was with the Tennessee Titans. Can you imagine the wet dreams if it's Josh Dobbs and Hendon Hooker going into camp next year? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. If they, I don't think the UT fan would be able to. Con- their head would explode because yeah, who do they root for? They would have no pants that fit anymore. They yeah. wouldn't be able to leave the house. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Listen, quit mocking <laughs> these UT players. I think the only UT player you should be mocking to the Tennessee Titans is Jalen Hyatt or Cedric Tillman. I think the rest of them are just not going to be on this team. And look, if I'm wrong and Hinton Hooker's drafted in the fifth round by the Tennessee Titans because they don't have a fourth-round pick, if you're drafted in the fifth round, you're going to see your uh, boy Malik Willis on the trading block and probably getting traded for a seventh-round pick. I, like, I personally love Hendon Hooker as a human being and as a quarterback and as an alumni. But as a fifth-round pick, I'm not sure what value he provides over Josh Dobbs or Malik Willis when that fifth-round pick could be a starting guard or backup nickel corner or receiver. None of the quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the fifth round don't work. None they of the quarterbacks work. at the Senior Bowl outside of Jay, um, Hidden Hooker, who did not play, all the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl that play, they all stink. And I would rather take year two Malik Willis than year one any don't, of those guys. Don't, now, don't hate on Jake Hayner. I would rather take Malik, I'd rather take Hidden Hooker over Malik Wills because I think Hendon Hooker has those intangibles, the love of football. I mean, obviously going down here, the way he's shown up for his team yep. is a totally different leader and character than Malik Willis is. And I think that if you that's at least workable more so than what any of these other guys are. And Jay Kaner should not have gotten MVP. That's a farce. It should have been Michael Wilson. That's not that's not bad. Uh also there's a this is a really good. This is another quick note. A really good running back class mm-hmm. for a backup in like the fourth or fifth round as well. Lots of Evan really Hall. Good, I really like Evan Hall. Really good running. Really good running backs that are going to fall down the board because here's the. And we, There's we going to be a lot in undrafted free agency too. No question. And we didn't get to this because we've got weeks to decide it until the draft happens. But if they do want a defensive end to replace Bud Dupree or an edge rusher, to another good depth, class to do it in the second round with that 41st pick. You're going to get a first round value because this is the, one of the best edge classes. Of, of all time, and it's probably the strongest position of the entire draft. So these are the kind of things Corner, you're going to get. Cornerbacks are, are really great. I mean, there's all kinds of players yep. that are Tennessee Titans that are down here. I think even Stoney said that he was going to write an article saying that he's like top 12 Byron Titans fits or something. Byron Young at number 11. No. To the Titans. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. Uh, we had a quarterback conversation we were going to have today on the show. I want to save it because coming up on Thursday, we're obviously going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, but we're going to get into SEC quarterback play because there's a there's a bunch of huge question marks because all the names we've talked about today on the show, Hendon Hooker, although we didn't talk about Stetson Bennett, but three, there's no need to talk about Stetson. three potential first round picks out of the SEC, the two time defending national champion yeah. quarterback out of the SEC and Hendon Hooker, who's the most efficient quarterback in Tennessee history, not named Peyton. Those five guys are all gone out of the conference. And so the SEC is in a very different position today at this time of the year than it was this time last year so we're gonna have a conversation about quarterbacks in the sec and the super bowl and a whole lot more stuff from the inbox coming up on a football show on thursday so make sure you check out the pharmacy this week the weather's supposed to be great until like friday or or saturday so make sure you come by the pharmacy while the weather's nice monday tuesday wednesday this week so check out the pharmacy you got the uh the, the porcupine the brat patty country ham grilled pineapple swiss arugula onion and maple mustard Ugh, they got locally sourced beers 
Kingston Group, great place to get your house fixed. So make sure you check them out. BuildKG.com. Anything else, Zach? You get football show? We got it. Football and other efforts this week. Efforts. I think I think I think Mike's back from Miami. He went to Miami last week where we were down in Mobile. What's he doing in Miami? Partying. God. Having a having a good old time without his kid. Guy's such a party animal. I had no idea about that guy. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Tell everybody about it. We do appreciate you guys. Subscribe to the Stacking the Inbox as well. And support local business, guys. The Pharmacy and the Kingston Group. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.